0: Sight, The wine and the bread that was broken And all have been welcomed to come if they might Accept as their own these two tokens The bread is His body, the wine is the blood And the one who provides them is true He freely offers, we freely receive To accept and believe Him is all we must
1: do. Come to the table and taste of the glory
0: and savor. Hi there,
1: everyone. This is Braden and Tally with the voice of my beloved podcast. This is the Passover edition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we uh, we want to wish you all uh, a Pesach Sameach, uh, happy Passover as uh, you all are preparing for entering into this set-apart time. It's such a, a special time. I think uh, a lot of us kind of started this walk of, of really exploring the biblical holidays. Um, I think a lot of us, our introduction was, was a Passover Seder. Was that, your, was that the case with you?
0: Yes, that was the case with our family. Yeah, it was, yeah we, we just got a little Passover. It's called a Haggadah, which is just a, kind of the set thing you go through to go through this Passover meal. And uh, yeah. a lot of it's based on probably what Jesus would have done yeah. with his disciples. Uh, some of them are, you know, all of us, the symbolism and, and things that tie into the whole story, yes. the story of redemption. So yeah, I was, our, I was about 11 years old, I think, when we first did ours. Uh-huh. And uh, we was like, wow, this really points to, to Yeshua. We need to do this. Yeah. <laughs> so we just started doing it then.
1: Yeah, it's kind of hard to go through a Passover Seder and not see Yeshua all over the place. <laughs> right. So uh, it's, yeah, it's a very it's a very special feast. Um, and, and speaking of, of Haggadahs, we also wanted to to say that um, Braden's brother, Zach, uh, has put out a new Haggadah this year, or he's revised one that we've kind of used over the years. And um, he's incorporated the bride and the bridegroom picture into it. Yeah, which is it. really
0: neat because the whole Passover time is, as we've talked about before in our podcast, the betrothal season. Yeah. So the Passover is really the time when we see him making covenant with his people and He's got the cup and, you know, so it's all that symbolism. So Zach incorporated all that into this Haggadah, this Seder yeah, service. Yeah,
1: which we haven't fully read through yet, but I'm sure it's amazing because I'm, I'm really excited to to get into it. We'll be we'll be reading it tomorrow night. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. so
0: if, even if you want to get one for next year, then yeah. go ahead and get one.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I just wanted to, yeah, just touch on Passover just a little bit before we jump into the Song of Songs, which the Song of Songs is all about this whole bridal picture of the bridegroom and the bride um, and that's what Passover is all about. And so, you know, I know that we've talked about this before, but I just like just thought it'd be good to just touch on a couple of things like the, the whole picture because um, we see Yeshua offering um, this, the cup um, to his disciples and and saying will you enter into covenant with me and this is what he's still offering us he's still offering us the cup and this is what he said take this and do this in remembrance of me and this is our chance to do that is is you know Yeshua did it during a Passover Seder and tomorrow um, we'll be able to engage and do this in remembrance of him, in remembrance of what he did for us at this time, how he fulfilled um, all of the things that were written in the prophets, how he, um, how he paid the, the, the bride price, this purchase price of, of giving his, his life uh, for a set of disciples. I mean, it's it's just amazing to me just to think he he passed this cup around to all of his disciples. You know, this went around to to Judas. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and that you know, and he gave his life for you know for the hope of this bride that was going to to in return enter into covenant and give it all for him. And so, uh, so it's it's just such a a beautiful season. It's it's really neat. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I think, too, just understanding the the symbolism at all, and I think just as we're getting into the Song of Songs, I just want to encourage everyone, this is a a poetic book, and so God uses parables for us to understand his heart, and so, you Mm -hmm. know, he relates to us as children, you know, he uses the father-child, the mother-child relationship to help us understand his father's heart, and that's a huge revelation of his love, his acceptance, you know, as a father. A good father will bless his children, bring his children, you know, around him to bless them, and so. But then this picture here—it's the picture of the bride and the bridegroom, which is really the closest human example we have of of intimate love, you know. And so, yeah. God uses these symbols, and so I, as we go into this, I just want to clarify that that you know when we get into "Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth," which is the opening phrase of Song of Songs, <laughs> we're not visualizing actually kissing. Yeshua. <laughs> I, th- this is not where, where our mind's going. It's, it's poetic. Uh-huh. It's a parable. And we see the kisses, and this is the way it's been understood even by the Jewish people for centuries. When they said the kisses of his mouth, they understood it to mean the kisses of the Torah, the kisses of his word. You know, his word comes forth from his mouth. And when he kisses our hearts, it's just, I want us to understand it's a poetic mm-hmm. speaking. Yes. It's not that we're thinking that we're actually kissing God in the lips, you know, it's, it's, it's that we understand it poetically. He's speaking and he's, he's kissing our hearts. He's revealing the depth of his love for us. And he uses this poetic language to help us to understand it. Right. And so I think it's so important to understand that and not to get off in some sort of whacked out interpretation. Right, (laughs) right, right.
1: Uh, Yeah. And I, I think it's, I, I love how God, you know, he created us so intricately and he knows kind of what makes us tick. And so, I love like even within the feasts and stuff, um, the uh, just the the whole picture that is portrayed, like and and how you know we're supposed to remember this amazing exodus of the people of Israel coming out of out of Egypt, and in that same time remembering how Yeshua freed us from the bondage of sin, and um and there's just such beautiful pictures to that. And like when, when God did that, like this was like a big theatrical show. Like this was like he's, this is plagues, this is uh, fire and uh, pillars of fire and and smoke and like, you know, even going up to, to Mount Sinai and just the whole picture there. Um, this was a dramatic experience. This wasn't just some boring Wrote thing that that happened. So here, as we're commanded to remember this, like we're commanded to remember this on a yearly basis, uh, you know, as well as throughout the rest of the year. But this time is a set apart time to specifically remember this story. And when you look at this story, this is a dramatic God. This is a God that is that is full of passion, full of. Um, he wants to capture our hearts he was capturing the hearts of of the children of Israel as he um as he showed his his victorious hand over the the gods of Egypt over right. the the idolatry in Egypt and um and it was like it was a wonder you know and so and so this is what this season is about it's about um like this dramatic story of I just, you know, I I think of it a lot of times. I think of, like, these plagues and stuff. I think of the guy winning the girl's heart, you know. (laughs) And it's just like, whoa, he, like, really flexed his muscles. He's just, like, he was wanting to impress his bride. You know, that that whole picture of it. And it's just so beautiful and so, like... It's not that we have to. It, it's it it appeals to our our like our humanness, you know, <laughs> like you know, like that. Well,
0: God's merciful; He uses our human attraction, our, even, <laughs> yeah, even our psych- psychology, our emotions. He uses those things to help yeah. communicate the depth of His love for us. Yeah, I even think of that with Jeremiah too. Where he said, "I remember the love of your betrothal when you went after me in the wilderness." It's mm-hmm. like God proved His might; like He yeah. basically. He won their hearts, the people of Israel and Egypt, and yeah. they went out after him into the wilderness. Right. Yeah, so right. He, he called that the season of their betrothal. Yeah. And uh, having gone through betrothal, it's it, you can you relate to that. You relate to that. Wow. You know, you. I remember trying to impress Tally. So yeah. I mean, You know, it's all <laughs> right. It's like uh, you know the dating thing, uh, but in, in a in a different way. Right. You know, right. With, with the dating thing, there's not in the context of covenant. But right. uh, after we made our covenant, I was like, I really wanted to you know, winner heart. Yeah. You know, we yeah. see God doing that with his people.
1: Yeah, yeah. And we also like, you know, even looking at, because cause the, the whole story, you know, God's showing his might and his victory and his protecting heart and his love for his people and his His choosing. And I think that's the big difference between the, the whole dating, you know, picture. And this is like, this was a choice. This wasn't like, there's a number two bride out there somewhere if they say no. Like, this is like, all in like he's he's chosen this people and um, and th- this is a build up to the covenant the covenant that's made of a people that are now ready to enter into covenant and and, and ready to enter into that betrothal season of, of covenant and, and so and we see it the same thing with Yeshua you know like he spent all this time with these disciples the people that were following him and he flexed his muscles too you know as far as like he's showing miracles calming the seas, he's uh, healing, you know, he's doing all of these things too to just show his love and compassion, to show his might and his his victorious uh, nature, he, that he is victorious over the enemy. And, um, and that was a way of winning the hearts of his disciples so that when the time came, when this time came of making the covenant, of pouring the wine, of breaking the bread, that um that they were ready, they were ready to say yes. I will, I will go there with you. I will enter into covenant with you. I will go into this next season of betrothal with you, and it's uh it's just it's just beautiful. Yeah,
0: it's, I think that's neat. I never really thought about the idea of flexing his muscles. But I think that's. Uh, that, I don't know that's if that's a, an appropriate term, <laughs> but it, I mean, I think I think that is a good picture, you know. And then <laughs> then by going to the cross you know, and dying yeah. for us, he really shows us the depth of his love. Yeah. And uh, he wins our hearts.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's dive into the song of Solomon here. Uh, we're going to be kind of just be going through this step-by-step, uh, step, uh, going through the chapters. So we'll start. Yeah. The so this
0: song of songs is a journey. So we're just jumping right here to verse one. It starts out the song of songs or Shir Hashirim, which is Solomon's. And so, Firstly, we see it's, it's Solomon's song and, and that in itself is a powerful thing. We see Solomon is the son of David and he enters into a kingdom that is already established. You know, David was a man of war. He had fought the battles. He had won, you know, the victory over the enemy. And now Solomon, he's coming in in a kingdom of peace. And so we see Solomon here is picturing Yeshua who is in a kingdom of peace and he's basically, the enemies are under his feet. And so as we come alongside him then we're able to also just experience that same victory over the enemy Mm -hmm. and so this song is really about about entering into that victory entering into that victory that the son of david yeshua or in this case solomon Mm -hmm. (laughs) has has entered into and so uh it's it's for our peace you know solomon is connected to the the in hebrew you'd say shlomo and uh, my brother, Zach, actually has a son named Shlomo and we, you know, it's a, it's kind of a neat sounding name, but Shlomo is the way you say Solomon in Hebrew, but uh, in, in Hebrew, it's connected to Shalom. You've probably heard of the word Shalom. So Shlomo, Shalom. And in the Hebrew letters, so it's Sheen, Lamed, Mim, Hey, it can also, it actually be the way that you would say Shloma. And so you could also translate this first line as saying the song of songs, which is for her peace meaning the bride, meaning mm-hmm. God's people. Mm-hmm. And so I just believe there's truths in this song that bring peace to the hearts of God's people. Mm-hmm. And I know in my own life, a lot of the truths in this song have helped me come to a place of peace in a trying circumstance. Mm-hmm. Or just, you know, just the basic question, like, why, why did God make me? You know, right, you know that's right. the basic, just a human question. Why am I alive? This mm-hmm. song answers some of those basic questions mm-hmm. and helps you come to a place of peace in Ultimate your life.
1: fulfillment. You know, yeah. it's what our souls are searching for. Yeah, it
0: brings you to a place of fulfillment. Yeah. And so uh, just going back, we mentioned in the last podcast, just the connection between Ecclesiastes and Song of Songs or the contrast, you would say. So Ecclesiastes, it talks about vanity of vanities, right? In Hebrew, that's Havel Havalim. And so we talked before about, you know, Kodesh HaKodeshim, Holy of Holies. And so now you have the Song of Songs. And so in the scripture, you just have this kind of, uh, it's the, the most, you know, the, it's, the, it's the highest song. And it, in Ecclesiastes, it's the, it's the highest vanity. Life is, he's, his whole thing is life is just vanity. There's no real meaning to it. Mm-hmm. But uh, here we have the Song of Songs. And so in Ecclesiastes, we see knowledge alone does not satisfy. You know This guy, he's wandering throughout the whole world, trying to accumulate as much knowledge as he can. He's, he ends up dry. Mm-hmm. In Song of Songs, we see someone who is satisfied with love. Mm-hmm. It points us, Ecclesiastes builds within us this, this realization that we're not going to be satisfied with just accumulating knowledge. Mm-hmm. We're not going to be satisfied with just accumulating experiences even.
1: Mm-hmm. Or even just a good life.
0: Yeah, just we having could. a good life. You won't <laughs> yeah. truly meet the inner desire of your heart Mm -hmm. apart from experiencing the love of God and Ecclesiastes, it pictures someone wondering, like they're just wandering around from place to place, thing to thing, seeking fulfillment. Song of songs shows someone that's resting in love. You know, in the very beginnings, I sat down, I'm just resting in the love of God. Now the bride does go through seasons of seeking out the bridegroom, but song of songs, primarily it, it, it speaks to the bride who has found that place of rest. Mm-hmm. She's not wandering around seeking the purpose of life. The bride is found the one that her soul loves and she's pursuing that is the purpose of her life. She's not, that, that answer, that, that question's answered. Mm-hmm. You know, what the purpose of my life is, is answered in the Song of Songs. I'm pursuing him. He is the end. He's the beginning and the end for me. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm finding purpose. I'm finding meaning in my, in my life because I'm seeking him. Mm-hmm. And so just to make that contrast clear again between Ecclesiastes and Song of Songs. So we open up with the first phrase uh, as far as the, the bride speaking. The bride opens up. She says, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. So in scripture, we have different types of kisses. We have the kisses on the feet. We have uh, different kisses in the Bible. And you know, we have greeting one another with a holy kiss. Not many the people kiss, do that yeah. anymore, but I think, <laughs> I think properly would just be done kind of like on the, on the side of the cheek, but here identified right off the bat, we had the kisses of the mouth. And so these kisses are the most intimate kisses. Uh, the, it, these are kisses of passion, of, of love between a couple, Mm -hmm. right? Kisses are not supposed to happen outside of a married couple (laughs) in case anybody didn't already know that (laughs) because what it does, it it awakens intimacy in your heart when you kiss someone on the lips. Mm -hmm. And so the bride in the very beginning, she's, she's asking God for these kisses for these, these expressions of affection. She's desiring this intimate relationship. This is her life long desire. Let God, let him kiss me. And, and it's a sense, it's an intercession. You know, so he's saying, you can read it this way. She's asking God to let Yeshua kiss her. <laughs> if you can understand that. So the bride, way we, we, we pray this, is say, Father, let Yeshua kiss me with the kisses of his word. As I already mentioned, this is the way it's been interpreted throughout the centuries by the Jewish people along with Christian interpreters. Mm-hmm. The kisses of his mouth are when he blows upon your heart And reveals to you the depth of his love for you through his word. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So as God opens up his mouth. Breathes upon our hearts. Then Mm -hmm. we receive those kisses of divine affection. Mm -hmm. And so this is the, the point of this is the desire of God's heart.
1: Yep. Yeah, it's definitely, you know, cuz the word, you know, just studying the Bible is is, you know, it's it's always good <laughs> reading reading the word of God, but um there's definitely that place when you realize the heart behind it, you know, you see that the depth of God's love that is speaking through it and you can really sense the heart of God and it's not just some you know like it's saying here in even ecclesiastes and stuff it's not just some book with good information in it it's not just something to be argued about and figure out you know you know like like a math problem kind of a thing but that's what the heart of, of god's word is 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 understanding the emotion behind it understanding the uh, his love his desire to, that that when he wrote his word That's what he had in mind. He had, you know, the kisses of his mouth. You know, it was, this was a, a thing of intimacy when he, it was a way of showing his love for his bride. That's what the word is.
0: Yeah. I was just remembering too, some of our children have really gotten emotional and upset when some of our, some of my siblings have not actually kissed at their wedding. It's almost like that was supposed, that's like the sign that someone's married when they kiss each other on the lips. Like if you don't do that, how can you actually even be married?
1: I I don't yell after one of the weddings, you know, there's just more private people. (laughs) They decided not to kiss, have their first kiss be in public, which is not the route that Brayden and I took, (laughs) but, uh, they, uh, yeah, so they didn't kiss at all during their wedding. I I came into the house after this wedding was over, and Yaël is just crying on the bed. She's sobbing, <laughs> and I come over. I was like, I was like, "Yeah, what, what is wrong? Did something happen? Are Are you okay?" And she was like, "They didn't even kiss each other." <laughs> it was like it was so disturbing to her. <laughs> so yeah, very important piece of of a. An intimate relationship, <laughs> right?
0: So I think this this whole kiss too is it's a cry for closeness, as I've mentioned, a cry for intimacy. You know, and, and if you're out there and, and you feel bored in your relationship, or even your spiritual journey is feeling bored, I just encourage you to engage on a prayer level with this mm-hmm. song. You know, ask ask God for those kisses. God, awaken me. I don't want to live a apathetic life spiritually. I want you to awaken my desire. For you, I, and I, I want you to kiss me, because when you kiss my heart with your word, then I'm awakened to want to offer you, as the song, as the Psalms two says, to kiss the son. To kiss when he kisses me, then I offer kisses back. Kisses are another way of saying worship. Of mm-hmm. of worship, of my devotion, my affection. Mm-hmm. So it says, "Kiss the Son" in Psalm two. So as he kisses me, my natural response is, "I want to kiss him back. Mm-hmm. I want to offer my worship and my devotion back to him." Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so this this answers the, and this is this is a, something we all have to fight against is spiritual apathy. And I encourage people, you know, even if you're in a worship setting or where you know a corporate prayer setting. Uh, sometimes it's easy just to check it out, you know, you don't know the song, you don't know, you know, exactly what's going on, but you can engage personally within that context, open up the Bible and just begin a dialogue in your own heart, you know, not disrupting what's going on. Mm-hmm. But I just, I, I sometimes just really want to see people take personal initiative in their walk with God, mm-hmm. you know, and not just think that it's going to just happen Without them actually engaging in it, right? And so, yeah, I encourage you—you know—open up the Word, open up the Psalms. You know, lately we've just been wanting to uh, open up the Psalms and just pray, read the Psalms. You know, these the Psalms are such powerful prayers. And so, just get together with a couple guys and just you know go around in a circle and just read a few passages yeah. of the Psalms and pray into it. And as you begin to make the Scriptures your prayer, then it gets it into the fiber of your being, and you begin to think biblically in a sense. You know, you begin to actually—it's not just a The Bible becomes more than just a, I'm learning it so I can defend an argument. It's that I'm actually using the scripture in a dialogue with my creator that's strengthening my relationship with him. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, it's good.
0: (laughs) Yes. So, uh, so yeah, just answering that cry. We don't want to be bored. We don't want to be sitting in a worship session. If you feel bored, you know, that that's not bad in itself, but don't stay that way. All of a sudden you realize in your heart, I'm feeling kind of bored. Well, okay, do something about it. Right. Open up the Bible and begin to dialogue with God. You may not have even your own words that you that you feel like praying from your heart. Open up these these words from the Bible that are fresh; they're alive, mm-hmm. and b- begin to pray them. Yeah,
1: I'm also just thinking about the, all the energy that goes into wooing each other when you're in that season of of start, you know, uh, in that betrothal kind of season where you're falling in love and stuff, and you know just thinking of all of the thought and energy that goes into that like Braden, I think uh, hearing stories would would be laying there at night and all of a sudden he'd just start crack up laughing you know in the in his bedroom when he'd think of an idea of something to do for me <laughs> you know <laughs> like uh make a sign for me or or write a well I don't know he, he had all these different ideas that that he did um And, and it was the same with me. Like there was a lot of, of effort and energy and and emotional energy that went into um, how can I bless, you know, my bridegroom and stuff. And so, you know, I think that it's good to to remember that when we're thinking of our relationship with God. And as we're desiring intimacy, um, think of the energy it, you know, that went into the wooing season of your, you know, your earthly relationship or an earthly relationship that you, that you've seen. You know, a lot of us have seen these, uh, these couples as they're getting ready for, for marriage. And that's the, you know, stir up your love, <laughs> you know, right. and, and stir up yourself to, to engage in the, in this whole wooing process. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. It's so important. You know, we have some degree of responsibility in all this. Isaiah yeah. says, who has stirred up himself? And so there's the element of we, we shake off the, the garments of apathy. We shake off the, the spiritual indifference, and we we engage with the word, and God uses that to light the fire back up in our hearts. Mm-hmm. So it's so important. So I just want to read a few scriptures here. In John 17, 26, Yeshua, he's praying. You get a really good view into the passion of Yeshua. He says, I have declared to them your name, and will declare it, that the love with which you love me may be in them, and I in them. So, wow, the very love that the Father has had for Yeshua, he does, he's praying, God, let that love be in them. Mm -hmm. And so when you cry for the kisses, the kisses of the mouth, the most, most intimate kisses, that's what you're, you're longing for God, the depth of love, the most intimate love. I want that to be in me as well. Yeshua is praying it for us Mm -hmm. and we should pray it. We should pray as well. God, let that most intimate love kiss. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his word that I would, I would, my heart would beat. Mm-hmm. for the first commandment. You know, this cry, this opening phrase of the song of songs, the bride prays it's a crying out for God to touch her heart with that depth of love. God is love mm-hmm. to touch her heart with the power of that love. And so that she could live out the first commandment because it's a reciprocal love. When you're, when your heart is filled with divine love, then you're, you're able to reciprocate that love. You're able to f- walk out the first commandment. Mm-hmm. Your heart is alive. And just touching on something Tally mentioned earlier, you know, our salvation There's a legal aspect to it where, yes, our sins have been forgiven. We're celebrating that this Passover, you know, that he paid the price, that that Jesus paid the price for our redemption. And so that legal aspect is really important. You know, our sins have been forgiven, our sins have been washed away by the blood. But there's also what Tally mentioned is the emotional regards. You know, some some theologians in history have primarily, and some of them only have emphasized the legal aspect Mm -hmm. of our relationship with God. Mm -hmm. Okay. You've got your, you know, you, you do all these step one, two, three, four, and you've got salvation. Mm -hmm. Well, it's so much more than that. It's about this living, breathing relationship. You know, scripture talks about walking with God. Mm -hmm. It says he has shown you, oh man, what is good Mm -hmm. and what the Lord requires of you to do justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly with mm-hmm. your God. So this whole idea of the first commandment, loving God, it's about walking with him. And to think that's just an amazing, that's an amazing possibility to me, mm-hmm. to actually walk with God. Yeah. And uh, just that we need to embrace that, to yeah. to seek to live that lifestyle of walking with him.
1: I think it has to be emotional.
0: <laughs> right.
1: In order for us to to get to the wedding day, I think it has to be emotional. Like there, there has to be an emotional response in us. And, um, you know, I think that there's definitely been movements trying to kind of, um, suppress the emotional side. Uh, but I don't think that's what he's calling us to. I think he's calling us to a very emotional place, a very grounded, founded, (laughs) emotional place. Um, and, and I think that's, what's going to, it's, it's an emotional time. You know, you read Revelation. It's not, you know, it's, there's an, a lot of emotions that are going to be happening, getting ready for this wedding. And um, and we have to be, we have to be in a right emotional spot. You know, our emotions have to be stirred up within us. Um, our deep love to be able to, to walk through it.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm thinking about even in our relationship, you know, we, we wrote a ketubah. We have our wedding vows. Yeah. But if it was just, okay, let me, Tally, just let's come back over here and read this. Uh, what do we have to do? Again? What do we need to do here? Okay, yeah, <laughs> I've got that done. And did you do your yeah. part today? <laughs> uh, and you know, it's just if we weren't actually kissing each other while we're reading it, you know, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> then what? You know, what point would it be? It would just be any anybody looking on. Or even in our own hearts would be like what what kind of relationship is that? Right, right. You know, that part is good. It's good that we have a foundation, or you know, a, a, a something written, something mm-hmm. in stone. So when our emotions, you know, go on a roller coaster ride, we go back to that and we say, "That's what we're committed to. We're going to do that no matter what." <laughs> but it helps the emotion. Right. It's supposed to support the emotion. Mm-hmm. It's not all emotion driven. I mean, the emotions are great, but mm-hmm. the, the ketubah, the vows help support that. And that's what you're aiming for. Mm-hmm. Is that like the bride here in the beginning, she's aiming for this deep commitment in love. Mm-hmm. She, she wants to press in for that that goal mm-hmm. of, yeah. of walking in love for mm-hmm. a creator. And then Romans 5.5 5 says, now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, who was given to us, and so this uh, this hope that we have of entering in I just want to encourage all of you out there as we 're going through the series, you may feel like, okay how do i how do I move forward in this this understanding of of receiving the kisses of god 's love I just want to encourage you there's uh, the scripture talks about meditation, meditate on the word, get alone time with the scriptures, and just begin to as I said before, take the scriptures and make them part of your dialogue with God. Because what it is, is it's, it becomes not just a one-way conversation then. Mm-hmm. God is speaking to you through his word. You know, somebody said once, I'm waiting for God to speak to me. He said, well, just open up the Bible. He's spoken to you. He's got a lot of things to say to you. you know? mm-hmm. so, so that's what it does. When you open up the word and you ask and you bring the Holy Spirit in too, is you say, God, I want to understand your heart. I want to understand the way you feel about me please open up my understanding by the Holy Spirit. Then as God does that, you know, as you're receiving his word, then it becomes a two week, two way conversation. And you're not just sitting in la la land, just waiting for a voice to come out of the sky. No, God has revealed. Yeah. If he gives specific direction, which we know he does according Mm -hmm. to scripture, that's great. But he has revealed his heart for us. And this song is one of the most descriptive It's one of the most stunning views of his heart Mm -hmm. in all of scripture. And so as we go through this, that's my prayer for you out there listening, is that you'll have that revelation, that you will grow in love. You'll have a vision for ongoing growth in love. And it will not just be a one-time thing, but you'll continue to grow.
1: Yes, amen. Yeah, and I pray as you all enter into this, uh, this Passover season that, uh, yeah, I pray that for all of us, that we would just get a greater measure of the heart of Yeshua uh, in what he did for us in this whole story that's being written, uh, that we will be strengthened to engage and continue to run the race uh, until the wedding day. So happy Passover. This is Braden and Tally reminding you to listen to the voice of your beloved bridegroom. He is coming quickly. The angel upon the tombstone said, so He has risen just as he said. Quickly, now go tell his disciples that Jesus Christ is no longer dead. Joy to